EastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with East OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, wrecking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land, Hammer here. And on today's episode, we are talking with Doug Arendt about uh, the trifecta weekend over in Greece. And uh, we'll even talk about a little bit of travel um, because I'm sure he did some of that and some sightseeing while he was over there. How's it going, Doug? Very well. Thank you. Cool. So um, let's uh, let's talk about that trifecta weekend, man. How was that? That was uh, amazing at points, uh, kind of surreal. It was uh, kind of a trip of a lifetime. It was uh, something that's hard to describe, but it was uh, one, of, one of a kind, walking through the grounds. Uh, we walked through the archaeological site uh, on roads that were 2,500 years old, where Spartans walked just as we were that same day. It was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, that's that's definitely got to be. I mean, that's that's something that I don't even think you can really imagine until you're there. And even then, when you're there, like you said, it's so surreal um, to to just be on the same ground um, as as Spartans and and just know that you're in the same place. You're standing walking, you know, competing in the same places that they were. And to me, that's just got to be such a such a huge experience. It was, uh, yeah, just every once in a while, you know, you'd be in a, a grove of olive trees that are five, 600 years old or, or better and just kind of get that feeling that there's there's other things there that are way deeper than than you can even imagine. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a couple of days that were worth living. I bet. I bet. Um, see, I've, <clears throat> I've been to Europe before, but I've never been to that that particular part. Um, I lived in Germany for about seven years. And um, I, I sadly, when I was over there, I wasn't old enough to um, to really, you know, get out on my own and travel and stuff like that. I was in right. my um, like my early teenage years. So we, um, you know, I mean, we did travel, but uh, most of the time it was just at my at my parents kind of, you know, I guess whenever they wanted to go travel, we would go travel wherever they wanted. Right. I mean, we saw cool places. I mean, we saw France and the Netherlands and stuff like that. But we never really made it that far over um, to experience, um, you know, Greece or Italy or, or any of the other, um, like, Eastern European – or, sorry, Western – sorry, Western European countries. Um, we will definitely so. be going back to uh, to see some more of that. It was uh, – you could spend months, you know, touring all around that area and never really catch all the stuff. But yeah, um, Acropolis in Athens and multiple sites on several different islands. It, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of hard to comprehend it sometimes how how much that ancient history interlaces with our current life, you know, language and arts and science and all roots back into that ancient era. It's yeah. crazy. It's it sounds like it. I mean. <clears throat> um, well, it's cool, you know, that, that you know that you're definitely setting setting your your mind on going back. And I've always wanted to go back to Europe um, to sightsee and stuff like that. And um, I've got a few friends that usually go every. Um, a really good friend of mine, he visits his family over in Germany every year, and he tries to visit um, a different country while he's there. And um, each time that he's there, so um, I definitely have plans to go back uh, to Europe in the future. It probably won't be. Um, as soon as I would like, um, just because, you know, we're, my wife and I were, you know, expanding our family, you know, we've got a little daughter, she's three years old and we have another kid on the way. So travel definitely isn't, um, in our, in our plans for the next, I don't know, foreseeable, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the foreseeable, you know, near future, but 
<clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, her and I have talked about, um, you know, me traveling for race events and stuff like that. And um, I don't know if Europe is quite in the cards. Um, I know here within the continental U.S., um, you know, she's she's all for it, letting me travel to go to different races right. as long as we've got our work schedules yeah. and childcare schedules figured out. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Europe is one of those things. I think I'd have to like, I'd really have to like, you know, bribe her with a ring or a car or you know, a vacation <laughs> home or something. It, it, <laughs> it took a little bit of that. My wife and I were on the other side of that equation. Our our youngest is 32. We have grandkids, so it's just the two of us. Um, so the ability to take off is a little easier, but you know, two weeks in, in Greece and some Island time, she wasn't too hard to persuade to, to follow me over there for a, a trifecta weekend. We ended up going with, uh, seven, seven people, five of us that were racing and two spouses that were sightseers and documentarians, but we all finished the trifecta weekend. Um, all five, five of us got our, our medals and, and everybody got through it un, unhurt so it was it was a really successful weekend <laughs> that's awesome um any uh, any highlights from the races i mean um i know we've <laughs> talked a little bit about the location and stuff but uh is there anything they do differently over there than they do over here or well um yeah there was a, a lot of uh obstacles that seemed a little sketchy um the bender was uh quite a bit higher than normal without a lot of crash pad underneath it a lot less concern on safety i would say that there's a little more lax on that you know if you get hurt you you know you signed up for it kind of deal rope climb was 15 <laughs> feet instead of 12 or so and not much underneath there it was a second day with you know wet hands and muddy feet it was a it was a climb um, a lot of heavy carries in the thing other than that no it was pretty much it was pretty much a spartan race um kind of championship caliber a lot of of a lot of heavy things i'm sure you saw my picture of 80 pound chain I was carrying around on a, a mountain for a little while, yep. but that was a, that was a, a weird one. It turned a, a sandbag carry and I, you could hear the people dropping sandbags off and I was pretty happy about dropping my 60 pound sandbag off. And then that informed I had to pick up that 80 pound chain and carry it around the side of the mountain to uh, <laughs> King Menelaus's tomb. And then you could hear where the chains were getting dropped off and I was excited again. And then only to discover that I got to pick my 60 pound sandbag up and, take it back where I got it the first time. So it ended up being about three quarters of a mile of uh, heavy carry around the side of the mount. But hey, we all got it. We all got it done. That that chain was obnoxious. That was made for a great picture. But other than that, it was pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we stocked, stacked yeah, marble not... blocks and carried rocks around and uh, atlas stones were considerably heavier. They were all of that 115 or 125. They were big. Wow. They were heavy. Man, they don't play around over there. No, they had an ape hanger um, that I I didn't get through. That one still freaks me out a little bit. The the peak of it looked like it was probably 12 or 14 feet from the bottom of the pit there. So, yeah. 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 Something to conquer in the future, but this old guy didn't have that one in him that day. <laughs> probably the, the, worst yeah. of the, the worst of the process was the super on Saturday, the first day. The start times and the... Uh, the load of getting around that in enough time to get back out to get the sprint done that was probably the the one point in the weekend that was probably the most questionable on whether we're going to yeah. get back there in time to get out for the sprint we were the last the last heat out on the the sprint on saturday but we all all got there and got out so it was a nice 
two two bo- two boxes checked off. The beast on Sunday was another one that was a, kind of a short. They only allowed us about seven and a half hours. I guess we were last wave out on Sunday. So yeah, thirty five hundred feet of climbing and and sixteen miles or so, and you only had a seven hour window to get it done because they were closing course at six. So um, oh yeah, our last couple couple racers came in right at the seven hour mark, about twenty minutes under the under the wire so wow talking about cutting it close it it was uh yeah it it put a little extra pressure on the whole the whole group it was it was good you know it gave you some focus you had to keep keep moving keep keep grinding along so yeah nice so how long of a flight was that over there because i i I hate (laughs) flying and if i'm going to travel to europe um i imagine that's probably at least 13 hours uh yeah it i guess it really depends on your airline, obviously, and then how much you want to spend for it. I got some fairly cheap flights. Boise is a two-hop, no matter where we go, and even yeah. you know, everywhere we go, we got fly to a hub. So it was Boise to Denver, which was a couple hours. Denver to Washington D.C., which was three or four, and then a little quick layover, and then a nine-hour flight to Zurich, and then almost three hours to Athens. So we were twenty-some hours flying. <laughs> and then, uh, and then a couple hour, couple hour drive out. It was about three hours. I drive out to to Sparta, so it it became a really long day. But I bet it was worth it. But coming back home was ridiculous. It was I, I don't know if I'll do that again or not. That was horrible. <laughs> we, we left the island we were on. Had an eight hour ferry ride back to Athens. Ended up getting to a wow. hotel and got about two hours of sleep. Flight back to Athens. Twelve hour flight to. San Francisco with a couple of different layovers and a flight back to Boise. We ended up with a all day Wednesday, which turned into a Thursday, and we got here to the house about two o'clock on Friday morning. It was forty some hours of a day. It was travel content. <laughs> yeah. Still feel like I'm recovering. It's been almost a week and I still feel like I'm catching up. And that's crazy. Almost <clears throat> it's almost like the the traveling was more taxing than the actual weekend. I couldn't you know, there was some packages they had offered for like a three or four day, you know, Spartan in their little Spartan group. But by the time you yeah. spend a day and a half flying in there and then to race and then go right back into a plane and come back, I I, I don't know how anybody would accomplish that. It, it just seemed really daunting. Yeah. It, it's 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 easily a, you know, eight or 10 day trip. If you're going to take any time to see anything, you're going to need at least two or three days to, to yeah. check out the sites. Uh, one thing I will say right up front, if you're going to be in Athens, don't drive. That place is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Between the little tiny <clears throat> alleys with no space and a million people on scooters that are ripping by you on both sides of the car, it, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> just, just take, take it from Doug. Just don't pay the extra money for a taxi. You yeah, know, right? shuttle to where you want to go. Something. Hire a driver. Out. It was bad. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I I have a hard enough. No, I wouldn't say I have a hard enough time in driving here. I just I I really don't like drivers in general because I feel like not very many people look at it in the perspective of you know I'm using a piece of heavy equipment to transport myself from A to B. It's more right. of a just a like a I don't know. It's like they're riding a bicycle and they're just like so whimsical about it. They're just like oh whatever you know I can just go do this yeah. and cut over here and you know drive like nobody cares and and um well we did you know i kind of try see any 
wrecked, you know, wrecked up cars or collisions, but there are a, a million cars and they are in close proximity. Lots of the cars have got edges rubbed off and, you know, scuffs and stuff, but ultimately yeah. there wasn't a lot of horn honking or flipping off. It would be there. They understand how to move in traffic. You put your signal on and they will let you go where you need to go. But, and I've driven in LA and Seattle. I grew up in Olympia. I mean, I, I understand some of that big traffic thing, but they seem to have it figured out, yeah. but you got to be pretty fearless. <laughs> That's crazy. And now, a word from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast's OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. Yeah, see, and and I've I've always like wondered how um, I've always wondered how societies like that actually like do as far as um, you know driving is concerned because you see it and you think, man, this is just utter chaos. Like, how does anyone get anywhere ever? And I mean, I guess just you know being in it and having to experience it, you know, is um, you know I guess that's probably the only way to actually understand how it happens. Because I mean, like I said, yeah, you see I do. It, uh, you see it on TV or you see it in like movies and stuff. And you're like, you know, how the hell does anybody get anywhere ever, you know, <laughs> yeah. on top? Because there's so many, there's so much commute happening here. So, and it's, and there isn't any huge freeway system, everything. I mean, the biggest freeway system I saw was only two or three lanes. And there are literally mm-hmm. hundreds of little alleys and one ways. And people just turn their four way flashes on and just double park and stop in the road and, you know, hey, you know, I'll be back yeah. in a second. And they seem to be okay with the deal because they all they all do it. But yeah, I, hmm. if you're gonna do it, load yourself an offline map so you have you know in hand yeah. we have GPS going and get in the little tiny alleys and the GPS is just spinning in circles. They have no idea where you're going. It was <laughs> wife and I. We had a a couple moments there in the car where we didn't really like each other very well, but we got the rental <laughs> car back and we started walking. That was way easier to walk than we put about. I don't know, five or six miles a day easily. We were 15,000 steps a day or better every day for 10 days plus. So walking is easy. Everybody seems to uh, get around where they need to go. But yeah, I don't know if I'd drive in there again. That was that was a that was a experience for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think about like the bad experiences I've had in traffic in like Seattle and stuff. And I'm I'm trying to like put it in perspective and I'm trying to like, you know, maybe figure out how bad it would have to be, you know, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm thinking, okay, take my Seattle experiences from driving there. Cause I absolutely, like I, I grew up in the country. I, I was born, um, well, I was born in Hawaii, but um, most of my life I lived in the Southern United States and down there we've got a lot of, you know, a lot of rural, rural communities. And um, I'm so used to living out, you know, kind of just in the quiet and, Right. Um, not having so much, not so much traffic, you know? So when I get into like Seattle and stuff like that, I mean, I've lived up here for seven years and it still causes this, you know, slight little bit of like internal anxiety where I'm just like, Oh God, I got to drive to Seattle. I got to, I got to go up there and partake in all of this madness. And so I'm trying to think like, take that and multiply it by like 10 or whatever. And, 
you know, and that's what, it, like I said, it sort of looks like to me on um, um, on TV and stuff when you see it. And it's like it is exactly like that. All the cars are half the size of what we're using. You know, they're all small. Um, that's the one oh, place yeah. I can see where a little smart car makes sense. But they're all dinky. Yeah. So, and but there's twice as many of them. And then you got to throw in a couple hundred thousand motorbikes and scooters. <laughs> and Athens has got three and a half million people, and they don't allow anything taller than like nine stories. So there's no views blocked. So it is spread out. It looks like L.A. It is gigantic. And uh, that's crazy. The, yeah, the network and the and the roads are built, you know, from 50, 60 years ago, and they're just packed in there tight. It's it's um, it is amazing to watch what they. To watch our our transfer guy drive that Mercedes Sprinter van, which is huge by their standards, down oh, yeah. stuff that I I don't I don't know how he got in and out of where he got. It was yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he was driving. Yeah, definitely. You know, better better somebody that knows you know all the local, you know all the local traffic, you know, way like laws and and byways and you know it's just I couldn't imagine getting there and actually like going down like a wrong way or doing something wrong and then you know be that guy that's like oh come on you can tell he's a tourist well there was points where people were backing you had to back out of a road that was two or three blocks long and got down there and couldn't get in or out so i mean it was once you got out <laughs> of the city we got the car we got the little or little peugeot diesel at the airport and headed out towards sparta and once we were 10 or 15 miles you know out of that urban area it was uh it was better, beautiful toll roads that were freshly paved and cost us about $20 in tolls to get out to, to Sparta. But it was more rural, two-lane, just bombing along, pretty trouble-free for the, yeah. the first part of it. But in in town, man, I don't know. Got to be, gotta be kind of heartless and fearless, farting up <laughs> and, just, and just drive. <laughs> there you go. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just gotta kind of man up and get it done, kind of deal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess the, I can see that. But the back to the race. So this, the parade of the nation was a uh, one of those things that yeah, I don't know. It was the whole town was out. I've I've never been to a race or a race venue where there's actually kids and people sitting in their houses that would come out to where we ran right through the couple of little villages. And they're all mm-hmm. clapping and like we're, you know, the Olympics are coming through the place. They, they thoroughly embraced the whole thing. It was, uh, I don't know, it's really hard to describe because those spots there where it just seemed like we were kind of beyond our ourselves as a whole. So Yeah. And, you know, and I, I feel like that would have high to I'm running through a village and little <laughs> five-year-olds are giving me high fives and thinking I'm like Jesse Owens or something. So I'm plodding along <laughs> in my... <laughs> my little beast shirt <laughs> yeah that's awesome though i mean it's like you it almost it's it's you realize how much bigger in you know the event is in it in and of itself it's such a different it sounds like it's such a different environment from what we typically you know um experience especially here um you know because most of the time the people that you know are out cheering for us and stuff like that are either the people that are in like you know basically like the main um, event grounds, you know, cheering us on, like our family or the people that we, the right. spectators that we bring with us or, or our own team members or even just random racers out on the course. Um, but I imagine it's probably a different thing to just, it's got to be so much more empowering, I think, to to be running through this, you know, the streets of, of a foreign country. And then, you know, you've got all these kids that, 
you know, like you said, are out there and you got um, just the townspeople sitting on their, you know, out on their verandas watching you run by. And um, I, I can imagine it's just, you know, losing yourself in that in that experience, in that moment, and just being It was so like that, yeah. You take this, like, the Seattle venue, you know, in Monroe, been there many different times, and, you know, the locals tolerate us because we're all coming. <laughs> As yeah. opposed to this town that, that thoroughly embraced the situation. We, were at, we went right down the main drag of Sparta, past all the shops. Yeah. They all had Spartan stuff. They were all out. They all had their families out to watch us ran up through their villages um it was an entirely different scenario where they they weren't there just you know we weren't running over them we run you know kind of with them through the through the town it was w such a different experience than than any of the u.s venues where you're kind of a a bother for the town the locals because it's just four thousand people that showed up <laughs> that they didn't really want yeah yeah that's <clears throat> they definitely i mean yeah they I can imagine, I well, actually, I can't imagine living in that, that area and, you know, just you go out and pick up your paper in the morning or whatever, go get the mail and your neighbor's like, hey, when's the, when's the Spartan race coming this, you know, is it this weekend? And you're like, no, it's not it's next weekend. Like, oh, great. <sighs> and I guess we'll just sit at home yeah, and do nothing. People that, live on that. <laughs> people that live on that road up past that high school that is just jammed full of cars for hours on end. They just, uh, I can't imagine they enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine either. I mean, you you know, maybe maybe their kids could like put out a lemonade stand or something, you know, just a hydration station, <laughs> and they're like, hey, since you got to park three miles from the venue, you know, you can have a little bit of hydration and you know, yeah, on your way there. A hot dog and a hot dog and a coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man! And now a word from our sponsors. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. And we're back. So, so other than like the Acropolis and stuff like that, I mean, did you guys visit any, um, I mean, I know I saw your um, you know, you're doing burpees in, in front of the Leonidas statue and um, what, uh, I mean, what, what were some of the other places that you guys visited over there? Cause I mean, I, I, right, I well, love we, travel and I, we landed in Athens, drove to Sparta, spent the three days there. Then we drove out to Kalamata um, to a Airbnb, had some awesome hosts. I've got some links. If anybody wants to go to Kalamata, I got a, a beautiful place up on the cliff that overlooks the ocean, but he uh, is an insurance guy. He's got some olive trees. We ended up with a, he conned some guy at an olive place. He said he wanted to see how his operation went. We've got to walk inside of an olive pressing facility and watch them make olive oil kind of wow. uninterrupted. Got a tour of downtown Kalamata, um, part of the, the very first town in Greece that was liberated from Turkish occupation is Kalamata. So there's some deep, deep history there. Um, that was crazy we stayed the night we went to olympia and my wife and i ran a 200 meter on the olympic stadium from what 2500 years ago or whatever that was we ran that 200 uh, we went to delphi which is the center of greek mythology and history where everybody went that was uh, another one of those things then we hit thermopylae did my 
did my burpees there, uh, went back to Athens for a couple days out to a small island called Naxos, which was the perfect after a race kind of spot. It was quiet. It's off season, so there wasn't anybody there. Um, three days there and then out to Santorini, which is the classic Greek white houses with blue roofs and cliffside things that, yeah. I don't know. It was it was okay. It kind of looked it seemed kind of like for Greece to me. It's it's kind of a party town. <laughs> um, not a whole lot not a whole lot of access. It's pretty rocky and really steep and cliffy. So there wasn't a lot of beach or stuff. It was mostly just you know houses in town and yeah. very much wanted to be there and see that. But I I could spend weeks on one of those smaller islands just kicking it on the on the shore with a a cold one. So we will be going yeah. back for much more much more of that than the the Santorini experience. It was it was nice, but I've kind of seen it and kind of how I feel about Vegas. Been there, I've done that. <laughs> to do something yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, I was. I'm actually. I was. I'm sitting here like looking at pictures of Naxos right now, and it's like, like you said, it's just houses everywhere, just stacked on on each other, and like you wondered, you know, <laughs> you see like all these just all these buildings and. Um, there's hardly like, is from what I see, there's hardly any like shoreline or any beach, like a lot of it. Um, there's um, a like, ton of beaches like, down around that town, but um, up in the middle there is a castle that's built in like 1200. Um, no cars, mm-hmm. it's all donkeys and, and walking. It's, yeah, yeah, there's some good walking shoes. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Yeah, I mean, well, that, why would why would you need a car in that tiny little place? I mean... Um, I mean, other than trying to get across the other side of the island, um, but there's buses if you needed to go over there. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I will, I don't see there's any reason really to have a car. Um, Naxos, <laughs> they said that island, that island is 18 to 20,000 people in off season, and during the season, which is like May to mid October, it said they're over a hundred thousand. Wow. So that's you know, crazy. Boise is a couple hundred thousand. I just couldn't imagine them a place swelling to, you know, a million in the summer. It just it yeah, it just boggles my mind how they how they even cope with that many people. They said it's like, you know, just a walking like penguins down a, a beach or so many people <laughs> you can't even go anywhere. So they were they were right on the very end. We were probably the last weekend of the bulk of things being open there was stores that were closed and stuff that were closing that weekend so um if you're going to visit that kind of thing you want to do off season i would shoot for like mid-october that's when it kind of breaks and they start closing stuff down but i couldn't imagine being there in the middle of the the summer crush that would not be fun (laughs) Uh, just feel like sardines just uh... yeah I don't mind people. You just have to I don't want to be armpit deep in people. <laughs> yeah. How deep? Yeah, that deep. <laughs> Balls deep. Yeah, that deep. No Ar- arm, armpit deep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so um, I got to ask, how how was the food? Like, because I, I, like I said, I love travel and I definitely enjoy other cultures and like I love um, I love Greek food. And I can't imagine being in in Greece and actually experiencing it. To me, I, I think I would just be in like I would just be in hog heaven over there. You know, honestly, we didn't eat a lot of what you would call. You know, you think of Greek food, you think of gyros and whatever that. Yeah. But lots and lots of pork. We had some amazing local fish. Um, we walked into one restaurant, asked the gal if she had 
fresh fish. She didn't speak much English, but she grabbed my buddy David by the arm and drug him in the kitchen, which would never happen in the States. Opened the fridge up and pulled a pan out of fish that had just come in off the boat sitting on ice and pretty much which fish do you want kind of deal. So we had fresh fish um, and make a dish called Saganaki, which is a, a fried cheese. Just saying, there needs to be a Saganaki restaurant in the States. I don't know how you can go wrong with fried cheese with olive oil and fig jam. It just, uh, yeah, every day. <laughs> you want some Saganaki? Yes, I do. Cheese is always different depending yeah. on where you go, but um, lots and lots of pastry. These people are all about desserts and pastry and phyllo dough and cheese. It, yeah, it was uh, Greek coffee every day kind of like a turkish coffee real dark grounds in the cup you drink it down till you get to the sludge kind of thing yeah, yeah. amazing and this this saganaki looks so local good. saganaki is the bomb <laughs> you take yeah. a piece of cheese and coat it in a little bit of olive oil and put it in the pan and fry it so it gets kind of crunchy on the sides and then throw it on a plate with some olive oil some I'll tell you what the olive oil we get in the states is junk that stuff they have there is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just take your bottle you I mean, in, you know, in your pantry and just pour them out. Just don't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Melty cheese with fig jam and some bread. I, it can't go wrong. Yeah, that does. It looks really good. I'm going to, not that I would really be able to do it justice, but this looks like, uh, like a food venture that I want to take. Like, I just want to like, I want to try it for myself now and, and see if I can find any, any good recipes. But like you said, you know, our, our olive oil is junk. So I can't imagine that it would really be anything like what you would experience over there. Yeah. There, my buddy David lives in Kent. He's he's looking for local Greek restaurants. So um, I'm sure he'll post a link and I'll I'll try to share it. But you find oh, yeah. an authentic Greek restaurant, I guarantee you there's Saganaki on the menu. And uh, just go get some. Get a, a local beer or a wine and some cheese with olive oil and just enjoy yourself for a day. Yeah. Yeah, I am pretty like proud of the fact that I was gone on the eating. I ate all the, trust me, I ate all the things. <laughs> we had, we had, I'm not a liver guy. We had some liver at some place. I don't know what she did to it, but it was pretty good. Had some lamb that, Fell off the bone with some lemon sauce, pork shank that fell apart. Man, I, I yeah, I could just go on and on and on. So, and I came back only up four pounds. So I'm calling that a win. <laughs> there you go. Fifteen, 15 I mean, days you know, on the road. If I came back plus four, I'm good. <laughs> you know, success, right? You know, um, I, I don't think you could really ask for much more. You know, a great, a great weekend. Um, you know, after well, long hours of travel and lots of good food. You only put on four pounds. Heck yeah. If you take a if you take the ferry system, um, make sure you book a business class, a couple of dollars more. But you sit on a deck kind of by yourself, and uh, have wait staff that brings you whatever you want. You don't have to. It's like first class in an airplane for fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, just one of those pointers. Spend the extra couple of dollars and go to to business class instead of general boarding. Oh yeah. And we booked our trip through a company called Kim Kim um, that has local guides in in country so we had a guy that was in greece that had sourced all of our tours and guides and all of our shuttle service from the ferry to the hotels thing ran like clockwork it was really uh really well put together the tours we had um local experts that knew what was going on it was it was um, one of those things that was worth the kind of the extra money we spent to do it uh, our guide yeah. in delphi her grandma lived in the village that they moved 
to excavate Delphi. That's how depth of knowledge she had. She was local, had gone to London for her studies for university and come back, and she is a, a wealth of knowledge in Delphi. It was uh, all of our guides were at that level. They were all locals that that knew the ins and outs of all the little towns. It was it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny because I so like as we talk about things, I sit here and, and look things up. You know, I'm looking up the all the islands, you know, Naxos and uh, Santorini, and you're talking about the food and all that. And then, you know, you mentioned you booked it through Kim Kim. So I, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to look up Kim Kim. And then like the very first review is yours. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Well, you look down a couple, look down about five or six more. My, uh, my buddy David Chambers was on that same trip. Um, we had another couple from town here that work out with me, Pete and Karen and my brother-in-law, Doug, there was said seven of us, but David and Lisa and my wife and myself have known each other for 30 years. So we traveled that entire two weeks together which seemed kind of sketchy at first, but I mean, we had an awesome time. <laughs> we, it was it was one of those trips. To like, man, I don't know if we're gonna be able to duplicate this, but we need to try it again. Yeah. Well, that that rainbow picture off the coast right there looks really nice. Yeah, it was. I know the people. Yeah, it was every day. We, it yeah. rained the it rained the day we landed in Athens. Thunder and lightning, downpour in a rental car trying to drive out of town, and we got to Sparta and it cleared up and was beautiful for. Three day, three or four days, and we got to Kalamata, and it rained a little bit, but it was a really good day downtown. And then from that point on, all the rest of the time, it was 65 to 75, blue skies, sea breezes, and ocean. And then the very last day, it rained on us in Santorini as we were leaving. So we dodged what could have been a pretty weird weekend and got got good stuff for 10 days or better. So no complaints at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm taking a second. I was just kind of browsing through the the pictures, and there was a little bit of silence there. Um, That's okay. But uh, yeah, for anybody listening, I I would say get on get on Kim Kim and look at look at Doug's review because these pictures are awesome. They're um, they're really amazing. Um, wow, that's actually a really good picture too. Um, it's really hard to describe. It's like half city on one side, and then there's like the cliffs, and then the the um, I guess you would call this, you know, the the ocean or the the, the inlet or whatever the fjord, something. Yeah, it's probably uh, Santorini. I don't know. I've been I didn't follow you on the web page, so yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, I mean, the whole everywhere you go, it's got those. But those cliff cliff houses, the rich people used to stay up on you know up on the top of the cliff, and which was the ship captains and stuff, and all the sailors and all the poor people actually dug those houses into the cliffs of Santorini and lived there because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, yeah. it became the cool place to live. And now you can't afford to live there. And <laughs> you can actually get an Airbnb. You can get an Airbnb, sleep in a cave in Santorini, and it's a couple hundred bucks a night. It's, it's I, I don't understand. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like anywhere else. Everybody lives out by this lake mm-hmm. in the woods because nobody wants to be there. So they figure out it's pretty cool then everyone wants to be there and you can't afford to be there kind of deal the yeah. same the same program yeah. so all those houses in the cliffs um we took the gondola system down to the ocean david and i and ran the donkey stairs there's 587 stairs up the cliff side they use donkeys to get freight from the top to the bottom or they did now it's just they haul people up there but it was three quarters of a mile and kind of straight up the cliffside on zigzag trails in 
donkey poop. It was it was one of those. Well, I'm going down there and I'm I'm doing that. I don't know if you come with me or not, but I'm not going to get back here for a while, so I'm going to go do it. Yeah. If you follow me on Strava, you'll see my donkey stairs. Uh, Strava. <laughs> we're the only two that did that. We only we took first and second place that day because we're only two that that did that segment. So <laughs> my one Strava, that's one awesome. Strava victory. <laughs> hey, there you go. Awesome. Well, Doug, um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed this. Like I normally get anxious about, um, going into interviews and talking with, um, people I've never met before. And, um, and, but I can honestly say like this one, I really had no, I don't think I had any apprehension coming into this one because I, I knew we were going to cover topics that I absolutely love travel, food, um, you know, seeing sites and stuff. Um, it's just it's it's amazing that you know we get to experience um stuff like this while while we're alive and i hope to one day make my way over there even you know even if it's just by myself you know or or with don or mike or whoever um good luck getting all three of us to go at the same time because that would take the planets aligning for all three of our spouses to be like oh okay cool you guys can go um so, That's kind of how ours ended up with the, the group. It kind of all gelled together, and it it, it it was a literally a year worth of planning and training, and we shared tears and heartache on the hills of Boise, and and to watch all of them finish, especially Karen. She was the the one of the last ones last ones through, and and she she got it up and and got it done. So she uh, she discovered a few things about herself as well. It was a it was said it was a amazing experience. Next year, for all you listening, is going to be 2,500 year anniversary of Thermopylae. They are going to run this thing off the hook. So if you are even wondering about it and you get a chance to sign up and go, it's going to be crazy. I bet. I can't imagine Joe like said, what the experience. That's got to be a huge, huge ordeal. Yeah, they're going to actually put a marble or stone wall up in Sparta, Greece, and everyone that attends that has. I don't know what the code is, but at some point, if you've got enough trifectas, you're going to get your name on the wall in Sparta, Greece. Wow. For for eternity. Chiseled in stone forever. That's crazy. What what an amazing <laughs> experience to be able to Yeah. Like, you know, you think like thousands of years down the line and it's like, you know, um, people come to visit that spot and they, they see that and like, Oh, this, you know, this person here, they, you know, that's thousands of years ago and you're etched in the stones of history. I mean, that's, that's crazy stone forever. Yeah. I don't know what the cut is, but yeah, Yeah. uh, it'd be worth, worth digging into. So, yeah, I can't imagine what the the festivity or the festivities would be like over there too, for that. I mean, considering the 2,500 year anniversary, I mean, I imagine, like I said, that had to be, that would have to be just, a phenomenal, like just a party from beginning to end. Well, yeah, the Spartan race, you know, the trifecta weekend there in Sparta was a Spartan party, but this is going to involve the entire Spartan yeah. community because it's their their anniversary as well as the trifecta. It's yeah, it. I can't. They're going to do a a sprint on Friday night, a super on Saturday, and a beast on Sunday. It's going to be a three day three day yeah. race deal, which will be a lot easier as far as getting, you know, multiple races done. But, yeah, it's going to be off the hook. Oh, see, now now I'm – here's what's going to happen. I have to say this very quietly. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go into the other room after I'm done with this interview, and I'm going to go talk to my wife, and I'm going to say, hey, babe, um, what do you think about me doing a trifecta weekend in Greece next year? And she's going to give me this eye and be like, oh, you know, we're, we're getting ready to have another child, you know, and is this yeah. really something that – 
you know, you need to do. And, and of course I'm going to be like, well, I really want to do it. Can I do it? Yeah. And <laughs> so, I would just, um, I would, I would just say we kind of had that conversation here as well. And I, I don't know if that'll happen again, but you definitely <laughs> need to take some extra days because flying in and then, cause it's nine hour time change from here to there flying in, we flew in Thursday, kind of got caught up on Friday and race Saturday, Sunday, but yeah. I paid a couple of days to kind of collect myself there. And then this nine hour time change coming back was like an eternity. It was like two Thursdays in a row. And yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just plan, plan accordingly. Take a couple extra days. Yeah. Even if you stay in Athens, just walk around. It was our first night dinner was at a place. Um, and it just, we walked in the door and sat down and most of the places are kind of open air. And I turned around, and I looked, yeah. and there's the Acropolis behind us all lit up for the evening. It, yeah, just, we were all just quiet at that point. It's like, I don't even know what to say. It's just, there's this yeah. thing sitting there that's been up there on that hill for 2,500 years, just hanging yeah. out, just and, sitting up there. Yeah, it definitely, definitely sounds like something to behold. Um, I hope to one day see it myself. Um, preferably, I'd like to take my family with me and, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see how that goes, um, you know, in the future. Um, but well, awesome. I, um, I won't take up too much more of your time. Um, I would, Doug, I, I absolutely really enjoyed this. Um, you know, it's, it's always a treat to get on here and talk with, you know, with people, especially fellow beasts and, um, you know, and talk about our experiences and whatnot. And, um, I just, I really enjoy hearing how, you know, how everybody experiences their, their trips or their races and stuff like that. Um, so this has definitely, um, been, an awesome experience, even just for me, um, you know, just getting to hear about it. Um, I can't imagine what it was like being, you know, in the middle of all that, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we, you know, thank you so much for, for being on the episode, um, tonight and, you know, I'll let you, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll let you get back to, uh, you know, to your family and whatnot. I'm going to run downstairs and, um, have dinner with okay. mine. And so awesome. I would, I would just say, if you see me on the trail, my shirt says to be fixer, hit me up. I'm an open class guy. I really don't see that changing. I really enjoy the the camaraderie and the watching people excel and and do things they don't think they can do. That you know, yeah. running fast is just fine. I've done that a few times, but I really I'm a I'm an open guy. I I love the uh, suffering together. I've walked some really <laughs> slow miles with some people that that didn't yeah. think they were going to make it, and they've at some point in the middle of the day they a little spark and they you can see that they've accomplished something that they didn't think they could do and that that makes my heart happy so awesome as a matter of fact i think i have think i have seen um i think i have seen you at an event before because i i subi fixer definitely sticks out to me Um, that's me i've been fixing subarus for 35 years so that's kind of my wow my thing yeah. Um, well, mine, you know, obviously is Hammer, and um, you know, we, you know, Pretty Mike. So um, we uh, <laughs> I have we're definitely to Pretty Mike on a, a mountain of Big Bear. And I had a brief conversation whether he was going to continue or not. So <laughs> oh, sure he's going to continue cross. whether he wants it or not. No, he was at that point was kind of to save himself for Hawaii, but I understand that he turned yeah. back around and went back up the hill and finished it out on at Big Bear. So. Oh yeah, in Utah. I forget. That's I they all kind of, kind of blur together, but yeah, I'll be in Seattle yeah. in the in the mud. See you guys in April. <laughs> cool. Hopefully, it's not. Well, I definitely forty degrees to, and to, freezing. Oh yeah. Ugh. Don't remind me. Um. 
<laughs> I don't um, see it. But, uh, awesome. I'll see if you at the uh, ghost. I'll be a ghost. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Doug, once again, thanks uh, for being on the episode. And um, I definitely look forward to seeing you at future races. And, you know, this we'll have to do this again in the future. So not a problem. Thank you. Cool, man. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. Yep. Bye. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at BeastOCR.com.